Critic Christy Lemire says this film is extremely earnest and more than a little corny, but there's an innocence about it that makes it kind of irresistible. Jay Boyar of the Orlando Sentinel calls it the best live-action movie musical since Little Shop of Horrors. And Letterboxd user Mary Ann K01 says it's unfortunate that she was not a teenage girl in 1992. If she was, she would have single-handedly saved this film from flopping. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Newsies. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhood Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Welcome to Ruined Childhoods. This is Dan here with my brother, literally, John. How's it going, John? <laughs> you know, okay, before we start, I'm doing fine, thank you. Before we started recording, uh, we were discussing uh, a a situation in which Dan has something that I could benefit from, and I said, hook a literal brother up. And I th- I think that that's just stuck in your head a little bit. So, uh, yes, I am Dan's literal brother. <laughs> I didn't think that anybody would think otherwise when you said that I was your brother. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I, true. I figured I'd throw that in there, you know. So that's how that's how it is. So uh yeah, you know, we're here to do what we do. Let's talk about some classic movies and and whatever just movies in general and talk about their their potential in the reboot, remake, sequel, prequel, spin-off, adaptation, what have you universe. Speaking of quick, this is quick. That's fine. Go ahead. I meant to mention this last time, but I just want to shout out and also, I guess, put the call out there um, uh, about the sequel to Heat. Oh, Michael Mann's Heat Two, the novel, and this is like it's it's one of those things that we might recommend on on this show. And uh, I have not had a chance to read the book yet. I would like to. And uh, I kept curious, first of all, if anyone's uh, read it, please, uh, you know, kind of check in. Let us know uh, how it is. Uh, email us at ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Uh, Heat is not a movie that we've discussed. No, yet. no, no, no. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about the movie Heat and how it ends, and I'm just, like, kind of taking mental stock of, like, okay, who do we got, all right, what's going on? And I've I've seen it somewhat recently, and I think I still need a, a rewatch to refresh my memory fully on uh, what it would be, and I don't even know if, the, if Heat 2 picks up where Heat 1 left off or what the story is so uh i'm looking forward to that heat is a really fascinating movie it, you know you know heat is it oh go ahead oh i'll say that's the one where it was kind of like made there was such a big deal made of like 
De Niro and Pacino sharing the screen. Like, not just in the same movie, yeah. but like in the same scene. Right, because of yeah. course they had been in the same film before, Godfather right. 2, notably, but had not shared the screen. And, you know, I remember it, like, I remember when it came out, I remember going to see it, and I, I feel like, I don't know if I was disappointed when I originally saw it, if I was a bit overwhelmed by it. Um, but I feel like it's one of those movies that I don't think it got its due. I don't think, I don't remember it being talked about with the respect and reverence that it's talked about now. And I, I don't think it quite landed at the time the way that it has really kind of settled in and and become a I think a lot of movies from that year sorry just to kind of sidebar here <laughs> but a lot of movies from that year 1995 that have really held up and have really shown that like you know how good they are weren't necessarily recognized in the you know end of the year awards heat was not a best picture nominee it yeah. i don't remember it being nominated it might have been nominated for like editing sound design or whatever but i don't remember it being you know really like a big oscar contender and when we think back to 1995 it's one of those movies that we really like it kind of defines that year. And it's one of the classics seven being another. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, for heat, that's one where it kind of was as kind of the movie is a bit of a slow burn where, you know, I think that, you know, because the year before we had Pulp Fiction. And I think that when we think about these kind of like, crime movies uh you know we're kind of in this phase in the like mid 90s like early to mid 90s where the like independent you know the rise of the independent movie becoming the more prominent uh and getting the most recognition uh you know especially speaking of things like reservoir dogs and uh Pulp well, fiction and another 1995 film usual suspects usual suspects also exactly so i think that uh ones like heat with a lot of your more known uh actors uh you know your legacy actors yeah. maybe were weren't getting the attention that you would expect them to get by putting a movie out like that. But now we, you know, it has kind of stood the test of time in terms of its quality. And, mm. you know, I, and it's one that people come back to. So it reminds yeah. me of Shawshank in that respect, where uh -huh. it's, it's one that has really just, it's just over time worn those grooves into the zeitgeist and has it's like a Sunday afternoon movie. It's one of those right. like, Oh, if I'm flipping through channels and heat is on, I'm watching it. Or if I'm looking for something to have on while I'm getting stuff done on a Sunday, after, like heat is on. I don't know. The heat is on. I don't know on if I would streets. put, I don't know if I would put on heat. I wouldn't put Shawshank like on doing something else. Shawshank I would put on because I feel like Shawshank, 
you know, you kind of feel the rhythms of the movie oh, going yeah. on. Where yeah. I feel like with Heat, you, it requires you to pay a little bit more attention. And I think that Heat is also one where the more you watch it, the more nuances you find that that's might a, not necessarily uh, be there in Shawshank. Uh, all right. Yeah. No. No. That. That's a. That. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Thanks. You know. I just like the gunfights and when the things go boom. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't like those things as much. I much prefer the character moments, you know, Robert De Niro in the diner having conversations oh, well, and, you yes. know, like stuff well, like that. No, actually, I'll, no, when I'm talking about the things go boom, I'm talking about Pacino. When, oh, yeah, of when, course. Hey, she's got a great ass. I, oh, my God. I, it, it is like... It is quality, like I love the the mid nineties screamy Pacino movies. I did not appreciate them at the time, but I I really do in, enjoy watching some of them when he goes all out. I can't like Scarface. I know we've talked about before. That's that one's a bit overwhelming. But... I'll take a devil's advocate over most things. Yes, devil's advocate is fantastic. Yeah, so good. you got like fantastic Keanu in there. You have early Charlize Theron. Oh, Keanu uh, doing an Pacino. accent. So good. Oh. oh, yeah, the Southern, the Southern. Yeah. Yes, Keanu doing an accent, which, man, I don't know that Keanu has ever pulled off an accent. I feel like Keanu is at his best when he's just like, he's natural yeah. in terms of accents. Yeah, totally. Yes. So, Dan, I got a question for you. What? What's the last movie you've seen? Last movie I've seen? <laughs> Newsies. <Yeah. laughs> oh, really? Okay. That aside your... from Newsies. Oh, well, what's was the last aside movie? from aside from Newsies? Um, uh, let's see. I mean, I really I only like get a chance to watch things when I'm you know, like doing chores and things like that. So I'll be watching things on my on my phone. And you know, I don't remember. Excuse me, I don't remember really? the last thing. Um, other than news, why? What's what's the last movie you saw? As you clear your throat or <clears throat> do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, the you know, last night I watched this is Spinal Tap, uh, and you know, just because it's great, it's just so good. Yes, love that movie. It's, yes, it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, directors' first films, you know, directors who have come to prominence. And not to say that Rob Reiner was a nobody when he directed This Is Spinal Tap. Certainly he had a full acting career and comes from, you know, yeah. uh, writing, directing, comedy, royalty. But uh, This Is Spinal Tap, you know, it's his first movie that he's directed and it's it's wonderful it's well, so and good. he doesn't make it like he's you know like some you know hollywood he really does make i mean even to, to the point of taking on the persona of what marty DeBerge is that yeah mm -hmm. uh yeah oh man this is spinal tap is is great and you talked about it and it's one of those that's kind of always on my i could put this on uh totally that's one that you could put on when you're doing laundry 
for yes. sure. Oh, because absolutely. the music is great when you glance up and you see them and something funny is going on and you just enjoy it in that moment. Well, yeah, and you know, you know the points where you want to you want to look up when Harry Shearer is stuck in the pod. <laughs> That's the exact thing I was thinking about yes. when I was saying that. Oh yes. my god, it's so funny. And you know, one of the things that I I really appreciate that about that movie is like you know, you can hear the live performance in those moments. You can tell that it's not just like a pre-recorded track that there's so, like, and when he's in that pod and he's not able to play the bass because he's trying to get out, you don't hear the bass. And then you kind of see him go back to it. And it's like not perfect. And he's, you see the other guys looking at him like, what is going on? Uh, it's so, so funny. And they're just all so good. Yeah. Like, I mean that t- the kind of talent that you have in uh, in the Christopher Guest films in general, and I think someone posted something. It was Fred Willard's birthday r- recently, and oh, they posted yeah. like you know a tribute. And it was just like all of these like quotes from all of the Christopher Guest movies. But you think about him and and Jane Lynch, John Michael Higgins, uh, uh what's his Michael Hitchcock who pops yeah. up in the first episode of A League of Their Own, uh huh. It, like you, they're so good, and those three especially. Well, Shira also, you know, with with Fred Willard and this is Spinal Tap. I was listening a little bit more closely to the things that he's saying, and you know, he's just kind of riffing. Yeah, uh, and you know, as he's kind of bringing them over to where they need to be, and he's just like. You know, if you ever see come across an act uh, out of like, and he mentioned some like restaurant or hotel, and is it called Four Jacks and a Jill? <laughs> and it's just like, wow, that is exactly the kind of thing that you could hear him saying in any of the other movies, essentially. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, oh my god, it's perfect. Yes, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Dan, the latest movie that you saw is Newsies. Yes, that's the the latest. Mo- I'm really, I'm, I'm really trying. To- oh, you know what? I, I did watch. Uh, so the last movie I watched while I was uh, doing my little my little hubby chores, uh, I did watch Escape from L.A. over, did you? over the course of a few sessions. Yes, I did. I had never really seen it before. I had seen part of it and was like, when I watched it, I just kind of dismissed it as like, this is stupid. But I, I turned it on and I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood to watch something that's just basically John Carpenter and Kurt Russell having a lot of fun. That's yeah, what it you is. got. You got Steve Buscemi. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. yeah, you got Buscemi is is in it. Um, with Stacy Keach. Oh, Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach, Keach is in there. Yep. Um. Oh, geez. Oh, who else is? Uh... Does he surf while shooting a gun? Oh, is that with a thing that Peter happens? Fonda. Yes, Peter Fonda. Great. Yes, this they have a surfing scene and like the effects are are like awful. Like the surfing in this looks like the surfing in Back to the Beach. Uh, oh wow! Like like the Frankie Avalon surfing. No, I mean the effects are the effects are bad, but it's like you just don't care. It's campy. Yeah. Oh, and it's I I it's funny because now yeah I'm glad I remember because I was thinking about it. Snake Plissken, like. Has the worst. He has like no comebacks. He has no <laughs> witty lines. Like someone will say something like, "You know, Snake, you're a real piece of shit," and he'll just be like, "Yeah, 
I know. <laughs> so what if I am, you know? Uh, but it's great, and I love the way Kurt Russell plays. It's like Kurt Russell doing Clint Eastwood, some type of post-apocalyptic Clint Eastwood, and it, it it's a lot of fun, especially when you know that Kurt Russell's also like, you know, the dad in Overboard. And Okay, all right, so let me ask you this question. Kurt yeah. Russell. Uh, so when Kurt Russell was really young, he was a Disney kid. Yep. And uh, and appeared in a bunch of like Disney movies to the point that uh, Walt Disney's last words were Kurt Russell. Because what? did you not know this? No. He, he was essentially saying like, that's the kid. Like, that's the kid. You know, like Kurt Russell. That's the one. And, I bet you uh, Walt was imagining Snake Plissken. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing I was wondering is just like, what do you think Walt Disney would say about the direction of Kurt Russell's career? Just a, you know, just kind of funny. I mean, you know, yeah. That's it. I mean, but then there's the Santa Claus movies he does on Netflix with Colt. Oh, absolutely. So, so um, who really knows yeah, so what Walt I, would say? Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at the um, uh, in the five decades since Walt Disney's death from lung cancer, a periodically recurring urban legend persists. Okay, that the animation mogul's last dying words were Kurt Russell. Uh, I've heard this for years from a lot of different places. I don't know if it's necessarily urban legend, but uh, I mean, uh, if it is, it's it's a fun urban legend. Like it's great. I can't believe it's I've so never good. heard that before. That's I'm surprised awesome. that you never would have heard that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but um, Walt Disney, you know, the legacy lives on, and especially uh, a big resurgence in the '90s, and then you have uh, movies like Newsies come up. That uh, maybe didn't live up to the uh, the standards of the um, the House of the Mouse, but it lives on in <laughs> yeah. But you know what uh, Disney did with it? What Disney does, and and they they turned it around. And they figured out a way to make it to to make it work. But that's <laughs> well, I think that that came in time. I think that it's a real yeah. heat situation, and that like you know people figured it out later. And it uh, kind of worked for them in that way. It's less a heat situation, I think, and more of a, uh, I don't know, the most, the, the example I can think of is way more specific, but a, um, like, I I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane, a line that became a line in that movie, Snakes on a Plane, because as soon as fans heard that Samuel L. Jackson was in a movie called Snakes on a Plane, that was the line everyone w- imagined and and on, you know, was posting on the, you know, whatever AOL, whatever it was then <laughs> when that right. movie came out. So I think it was. I, so I think anyway, we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, kind of starting at the end of the story here. But uh, Newsies, a 1992 movie had a uh was not successful as a film and was revived as a broadway musical uh which was much better received but i think that came after years and years you know uh however many years uh you know 20 years 15 years 
Ah, the musical premiered in September 2011, September 25th, 2011, uh, uh, at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey. Right, near where we grew up. Yeah, so uh, a hop, skip, and a jump. And it played on Broadway. It started March 29th, 2012, and then closed August 24th, 2014. Uh, so it was successful. It moved to the West End. There's tours. I I, I remember I remember seeing a uh, you know a, a performance of one of the songs during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, probably oh, that you know it's like that's course. that's exactly what that's for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So. Uh, You've got and and you could watch it on Disney Plus. Like it's it's right. the recording. The it's it's there. Yeah. You watch the musical. Uh, you can watch the the movie as well. Yeah. Uh. So going back to 1992, you know, here's here I am, a nine year old kid. This movie was exactly for my demographic. You know, uh, a nine year old suburban white boy. Uh, that's, that lives close to New York, but not so close that, uh, I'm, I'm actually an urban boy. I'm a suburban boy. And I remembered seeing this movie in the theater. Um, maybe it was with our mother or, uh, friends of the family. I, I, I feel like it was either our mom or our past guest, uh, Jeff Rubin's mother, Meryl and, um, meaning that Jeff was probably also there and our brother Scott was probably with us too, uh, who would have been, well, I don't know exactly what month, what month did this come out? I'm just going to ask you because you probably know. Uh, it came out in April of 1992. Okay. So like a spring uh, break movie, not spring break from college, of course. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm nine. Scott is 10. Um, we are, we're living it up. We have no responsibilities and uh, everything's great. And here we are going to see Newsies, and not that I ever retained any of the songs or even the plot, but it was just fun, and the dancing was great, and like, I don't know, there was just like a fun energy to it. It was kind of like, uh, it had like a hook kind of energy to a lot of the things going on where you have these kids who each have their own distinct quirk and, you know, there's slingshots and there's, you know, uh, kids kicking adults in the butt and making them fall over and, you know, those kind of shenanigans. Like that was, <laughs> yes. oh man, the early 90s, so many shenanigans. It was wonderful. And uh, yeah, so when... I heard that it like didn't do well because I mean, when I was nine, I wasn't paying attention to, you know, box office takes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I wasn't were. reading, uh, you know, Siskel Premier. or Ebert. <laughs> uh, was that? I was like premiere. <laughs> well, I wasn't reading premiere. Uh, no. You know, I you wasn't had, reading you it when premiere. I was nine. Right. But you no, were anyway. reading it when you were what, f- you know, 14 or 15. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Get, yeah. So, so back to Newsies. So anyway, I uh, to me it just was like, oh yeah, everybody loves Newsies because everybody that was in my age group loved Newsies, where I lived, where I grew up, and so to hear that it like didn't do that well, and then also, you know, 
later in life when, you know, you meet people in your same age range from other parts of the country or world, then, you know, of course, everybody gravitated towards newsies. So, but, you know, uh, child ticket prices, I guess, are a little bit lower. <laughs> you know, it's maybe a lot of like home video sales and rentals and things like that. So uh, anyway, it's, I, I feel like this movie is maybe a little different for me than it would be for a lot of other people because I do have that nostalgia factor. Yeah, you see, not me. Right, because you were slightly older. Five you years. Just, yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, let's see. Five years. Yeah. Well, okay, 1992, what were you into? What was I, I like, let's see, in April, let's see, April 1992, uh, I remember going to see The Babe, the movie where John Goodman played Babe Ruth. Sure. I remember um, that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, we're talking like less than a year later, I'm going by myself to see the crying game in a, in a theater, like as soon as I possibly can. So, so yeah, Newsies was not my cup of tea. Like this was when I was, I I think on the cusp of discovering, I was getting into more serious films. This was See Dan, I, I was into... Hair Jordan, the Bugs Bunny Michael Jordan collaboration, and you were into Neil Jordan. Oh, damn. Oh, that was good. Thanks. Uh, Moving on. But yeah, no, no, no. When I think about 1992 and I think about just like how far on the other side of the scale was the, were the movies I was going to see, like Raising Kane, Unforgiven, uh, I'm I'm trying to. How'd you like Raising Cane when you were? Uh, you I know, loved Raising Cane. I loved it. John Lithgow was crazy. I haven't seen it in a long time, but man, uh, I don't think I appreciated it. But I've also been getting back. I've been like getting into Brian De Palma recently. But oh, it's another story for another time. Uh, yeah. So Newsies wasn't. Uh, it wasn't my thing. It wasn't my bag, baby, as Austin Powers would say. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I'm going to let you take a break from talking, and I'm going to do a little synopsis, okay? Oh, and a great I'm going to let you do a little bit of a hard reset on the old brain. Okay, you ready? Okay, I got double thumbs up. At the end of the 1900s, trouble was afoot on the streets of New York City. No, it wasn't gangsters or horse thieves. It was unfair labor practices between newspaper tycoon Joseph Pulitzer and the young men and boys who worked the streets selling his papers. These kids, colloquially referred to as newsies, decided to fight back by going on strike. Really, true story. And much like a newspaper, we see it all unfold in this 1992 live action musical. At the core of the strike is Jack Kelly, who dreams of moving to Santa Fe as he runs from the truth of his troubled family story. Jack is the hero to all of his peers and makes quite the impression on David and Les, the new kids on the newsy scene. They're selling papes to help support the family after their father was fired from his job. Jack also catches the eye of their sister, Sarah. Ooh la la. But things begin to work out for the Newsies once they get the attention of Brian Denton, who decides to cover the story of the strike in his newspaper. But this draws unwanted attention for Jack, 
who's on the run from a center for juvenile delinquents that is inhumane that has inhumane practices. And just as Pulitzer begins to sweat, the law catches up with Jack. Will he escape from the firm grasp of the law? Will he ever get to Santa Fe? Find out in Act 3 of Newsies. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a cast rundown. Christian Bale is Jack Kelly. Uh, we all love uh, seeing Christian Bale singing and dancing. And, um, you know, we all we all know what what what's come of that guy. Uh, one of the one of the greatest we have. Uh, David Mosco is David Jacobs. David Mosco, you'd remember as uh, the younger version of Tom Hanks in Big. Um, then we have Luke Edwards as his little brother Les. Uh, Brian Denton is played by Bill Pullman, who's just delightful. He is kind of in that perfect Bill Pullman era where everything is Bill Pullman all the time. And then we've got Anne Margaret as. Uh, Jack's like uh, f- adult friend who is a kind of a vaudeville performer, burlesque dancer kind of. I she reminded me of like there's the character in Oliver that's like right like this. I don't I don't think she's a singer. I think she just like sings songs in Oliver. But she's like she's like the bar wench with the heart of gold. And yeah, she's she. I know, feel like Anne Margaret was the Disney version of that. Right, exactly. Uh, Robert Duvall plays Joseph Pulitzer. Uh, and then let's see who else do we have? Max Casella is one of the kids. Um, who else do we have here? I know there's probably some other. Oh, uh, you know, so familiar you got faces. Kevin Teig, or um, I, I, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Kevin Teig, who's Mister Snyder, he's the, um, the warden of the the boys' oh, home. Oh yeah, and you would recognize him. I mean, from Lost, uh, he played Locke's father, right? On, on Lost, he's in. He's one of my favorite baseball movies, Eight Men Out. He's mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys who like rigs the the nineteen nineteen World Series. He's the following year after Newsies. He's in School Ties. Oh right. Oh, I think he he's the coach, right? In School Ties. Yes. He's likable. I know he plays a yes. likable character in School Ties because it's like, oh, that guy usually plays a dick. But he's, right. But he's likable. You see him in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He's in he's in stuff. You just see him. I mean, also in it it's is in Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's the he's the guy who like hires Dalton in that. Yeah. So um, Michael Lerner, who. I I think it just been nominated for an Academy Award for Barton Fink, oh. if I'm not mistaken. When, uh, when this came out, he plays uh, Mr. Weasel, right? Who they all call Mr. Weasel, and not gonna lie, thought that was a little anti-Semitic. <laughs> I mean, well, it's you the, know, Disney. the same. It's the same joke that they do in Frozen with somebody with the same name. Yeah, and... no, I yeah, that's that's yeah. no, that's. That's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, who, uh, who else? Barton Fink, uh, Blank Check, Radioland Murders, Road to Wellville. Uh, he's just been, he's been in everything. Yeah. You, you definitely would recognize him if you saw him. And he's like, uh, in Barton Fink, he's the, the studio head uh, who hires Barton Fink. He's wonderful. Yeah. He has that Cohen y look. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, also, Jeffrey DeMunn, uh, who you know from uh, from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. He's Dale in, in The Walking Dead, among other things. Very, very familiar. And Deborah Lee Furness, an Australian actress who is married to an Australian actor, Hugh Jackman. Really? Deborah Lee Furness plays Esther Jacobs, uh, the, the mother of David oh. and, and the siblings. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I think okay. those are those are the people that you know generally would be familiar to people. Uh, Gabriel Damon, who plays Spot Conlin, who's like the the Brooklyn. He's the boss of Brooklyn. Oh yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn's here. Uh, Robocop hey, two fans would recognize him. He's like the kid, like crime lord. He's got a great look to him. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I could see him being like a young Kurtwood Smith type of, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, more. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've seen RoboCop too. But if I remember, well, like, no, no, re- not that he's not that he's playing an actual young Kurtwood Smith, but like, no. you know, he's got that like menace, like kind of a bit of a menacing look to him. I, but I, you know, precocious kid with a slingshot. Totally up his alley. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Like born to play that role. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So I think that the, I think that's everyone in the cast. And of course, the director is Kenny Ortega, who um, I think like who, High School Musical, a bunch of those like kind of musicy, dancey kind of things. Disney, just yeah, the Disney things. But he also choreographed. So he was he was a choreographer. Uh, he choreographed Dirty Dancing. Uh, among others, oh, like really? dance sequences in Fer- Ferris Bueller's uh, Pretty in Pink, St. Almost Fire. He also directed Hocus Pocus, though I don't see Hocus Pocus 2 on here. Uh, but yeah, all the rest of this is Disney. Uh, yeah, like the de- like Descendants, Descend- not to be confused with the like Alexander Payne film right. Descendants with George Clooney. No, this one's about like the children of Disney villains. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no Kenny Ortega but this was his first film uh and so it nice nice that it, that it kind of oh he was also the choreographer for Tu Wong Fu thanks for everything Julie Newmar oh okay yeah so yeah so newsies so newsies so Dan what were your impressions I, oh, on this watching of newsies um so i guess I, I so I watched it in sections. Watched like the first hour and fifteen minutes or so with my family. So like okay. with my eight year old, uh, and what you was, think? That was fun. She was like she liked it. I she liked it. She liked it enough that she didn't like start doing other things. Uh huh. During it, um, and. I don't know. I think I just kind of like when it was time to kind of pick it up again and watch it again. I was kind of like, eh. didn't have the same effect. Yeah. Like it was yeah. fun to watch it with her. Cause it's like, I'm, I, it was almost like I wanted to enjoy it, but felt like I could enjoy it more vicariously through her. Got it. See, I think that when I was watching it, I kind of like let myself 
slip into the mindset of like the world of that type of movie where it's like the singing and dancing. Well, and I and I was going to ask like if you were able to kind of reconnect to that feeling of like what no, it was like seeing because it in the theater. No, I don't think so because I don't really remember anything about the movie. I don't remember any of the songs or anything like that. I, you know, of course like clips resurface and get shared around if it's, you know, juxtap- a juxtaposition of Christian Bale then versus him in like American Psycho or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say Rescue I, Dawn. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. So um no, it's just a lot of clips of um of of him in Newsies and then him in Vice <laughs> as Dick Cheney. No, uh so anyway, it's uh it was a lot of fun for me to watch, but it wasn't like I I don't know. I guess I looked at it and I was thinking a lot about movies now that kind of have that same kind of feeling. And I'm thinking, and I know it's already been a long time, but, you know, there are the movies like High School Musical and whatever. But, uh, and, and I don't know. I just don't know if that's really so much of a thing anymore. And I think that one of the things that was really cool about Newsies is that, you know, it did take place a hundred years in the past, essentially. And uh, it is capturing New York at a very different time. And I just don't know if there are those types of like, you know, fun period pieces anymore for kids. Exactly. You're shaking your head. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm shaking my head because I, I would say they're few and far be- far between, and I- I'm even trying to think of of one that would be similar to Newsies. Like I was thinking about Little Women, but that's not like no. necessarily for kids the way Newsies no. is. Uh, I was thinking, oh, uh, uh, there was another one that came to mind that was. Oh, never mind that. No, that. The, I mean, set. you know, we have movies like the the latest West Side Story, for example, and it's like I think that that's close. I uh, there, it's still people who are are still a little bit older. Um, but I that's not. Know. It's that's that's not. I I don't like. That's not the same vibe. Like maybe something like Pitch Perfect, although that's like contemporary songs. It's contem- uh, yeah, and and the humor is there's more like adult more humor. Adult. Like that's one thing about this is there's really nothing too objectionable about it. Uh, it's right. very Dickensian. It's very like you know, speaking of Oliver Twist and you know all the well, boys. Yeah, yeah. Charles and the- Dickens in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically. So, yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of of anything recent like this, uh, even even stuff that's like on the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, Disney Plus. Sure, uh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Old school, the Disney Channel. I forget which square that was on the big brown remote control. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's anyway. So so then I guess is that is that the uh, I it, is that the way to re 
like kind of revive Newsies is not necessarily to like make another Newsies film, but kind of like find another story, find like find another story I think to so. tell. I mean, here's the thing. The like, you know, 1899 Newsboys strike of New York or whatever, like who thought that that would have made a good movie for kids that would be a musical like i think that that was just you know dumb luck that that ended up becoming something that people ended up really clinging on to i mean it's uh taking a a piece of history and giving it a a different kind of spin and and a really fun storyline that that you can attach to it and uh i don't know i'm sure that you know i there's there's lots of great stories of these things that certainly people don't really remember <laughs> that have happened over the course of time that you know can be fun uh for kids i think that because this is a story about kids you're able to really i don't know tap something different um, right it, it, it's it's also it's it's really tricky because you're also like in this, they're kind of taking child labor and, and I don't want to say making light of it because I don't think I, that's what they're doing. But, you know, it, it's fodder for a musical and, you know, the right. exploitation of youth. You, you can't do that about, you know, like child soldiers in the Sierra Leone. No, 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 no. But I think that also something with this is that, you know, yes, it is children working but also it's mo- it's really more about the community of these kids and right, the camaraderie the and, well also the advocacy and yeah so uh <laughs> anyway um i'm going to edit that out so you could just pick up wherever you were leaving off okay advocacy sorry he's yeah he just kind of had a little woo. he's good um yeah, no, there's a lot about Newsies. Um, you know, I like there's a I, I feel like they do a really good job of bringing out the positive message about, you know, loyalty to your friends, being true to yourself. Yeah. Um, also, I, I got to call this out and musical theater people, you know what I'm you know what I'm going to bring up here. Uh, so we have the song Santa Fe in in this which is not my favorite song in Newsies. And, you know, it's it's a nice moment for Jack. It's just, you know, not a great song. But then just a few years later in Rent, there's another song called Santa Fe. Hmm. It sounds very different. And I, 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 I like the one in Rent better, but I have to wonder... I have to wonder, how is it these two things that, and I, you know, Jonathan Larson could have very well been working on Santa, uh, could have been working on Rent when Newsies came out. Sure. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I wonder. I'm curious. Okay. Uh, well, you know, while we're on that subject, uh, it should be noted that the music is by Alan Menken, who uh, certainly has, I, uh, written his fair share of memorable and iconic music. I, you know, he's been well, doing, you know, the, the Disney grind for 
decades and decades. I, th- I think Little Mermaid was his, the first Disney one, uh, you know, t- talking about a remake that's been making headlines. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's see. He did, I mean, he did Little Shop well, of okay. Horrors. And that was I'm with, just gonna... also with Howard Ashman, yeah. uh, the late Howard Ashman. Right. Yeah, so Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Hunchback, Hercules, uh, Tangled, um, and I think recently, you know, won some awards for even like the Tangled, at like the series on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, so and then continued on to do a lot of these, and and kind of helping adapt them to be maybe more. A, you know, Broadway friendly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, continues to, to do the Disney thing. I mean, it, it seems to work for but him. What a, but what a career starting, pretty much starting oh. off with Little Shop. I, I, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. Was that his first? Uh, That was the first thing where he was credited as a songwriter. The first film where he's credited as a songwriter. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm curious. Yeah, in terms of of musicals, what had he done before Little Shop? But you, I mean, you look at at his body of work. I mean, you've got Beauty and the Beast, the first animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture. So, uh, sorry, um, Little Shop of Horrors, Off Broadway, West End, then Broadway. So that was in 1982. Um, Anything before Kurt that? Vonnegut, it's God bless you, Mr. Rosewater. Oh. And then before that, there was Dear Worthy Editor. One of the, yep. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, he collaborated with his mother to develop the musical, adapted from the Bintel Brief Letters to the Editor, publisher, published by the Yiddish language newspaper, Jewish Daily something. It cuts off there. What? Huh. Wow. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, quite a career. He was a songwriter for Sesame Street. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me let me read. Let me read a couple other things from his uh, stage musical background. Sister Act, Leap of Faith, uh, A Bronx Tale, The Musical. Oh, wow. Okay. Just to name a few. Yeah. Alan Menken. The king of adaptations. All right. So, um, all right. So what, so what, what would you do with Newsies? What's your, <laughs> sorry, there's a little fly just flying around. <laughs> I could see your door it, just going nuts. It is, it is just <laughs> kind of hovering just out of reach. And uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to kill it, but all right, I'm going to ignore it. Okay. So I think that there is room in this world for, uh, another newsies, uh, maybe something that takes place a few years later with a different set of characters. Um, because I feel like the popularity of the movie, uh, is, I don't know. It's really, to me, a really a perfect opportunity to get some of the like today's youth of music performers and and dancers and 
you know, I, I think that's something that, that, you know, stood out to me is like, you have these actors who you've seen in other things, but they're not musicals. You know, you have, um, you have people like uh, David Mosco or Max Casella and, you know, there are people you've seen in things that have nothing to do with music at all. And then you see them in, in this and it's fun and they're doing these amazing dances and, you know, they might not be the best singers, but that's fine. That's kind of part of it. It's not expected for them to be like amazing singers. And um, like even Christian Bale, like his singing voice was not great. He wasn't no. like, perfect at singing but it worked because why should he be good at singing he's a newsie yeah you know? but he's also i mean the musical. dancing is a different thing yeah he's yeah but I, I i kind of liked that he wasn't pitch perfect uh the, just to say that that those two words again together thrown in, thrown in there too uh yeah i so yeah that was something that i didn't uh I guess that was something where I, I, I don't know. It it was another thing that that I noted that I was like, eh, not a fan. Like I'm not a fan. Like when he was singing Santa Fe, and I'm like, first of all, I don't like the song. Secondly, Christian Bale not not really a singer. So, uh, so I guess to no, have see, but I, I kind of like that. So what I'm saying is, you know. Bring in some fresh, uh, some fresh talents, and you know maybe mix in some uh, some girls in there too. I uh, I think that that's a really cool era to uh, explore, and you know the the fashions are fun, and I think that there's uh, a lot of other really great stories. If you really wanted to base something off of a true story, that that you could mine there, but doesn't necessarily have to be. If you would have told me that they made up this newsboy strike, I would have been like, that's fine too. I'm cool with that. But, you know, it just happens to be part of history. So, yeah, I would just do another, you know, get Alan Menken on the on the horn, get him to write a few more songs, and uh, let's just see something fresh. I, I want to I, – I love seeing – you know, the the new acting talents kind of coming up and making like showing who they are, showing their personalities uh, of gun on record. Big Jacob Tremblay fan. Uh, well, I can't wait to see what becomes of that guy. And, uh, you know, like I, I love watching those movies where where those kids have a chance to um, to show off their talents. Yeah. How about you, Dan? What do you think? Uh well, for me, I was thinking more along the like. Let, so first of all, I would say in the spirit of having a film that uh, kind of honors the tradition of this type of film. Okay. Uh, uh, I would love to find a story like, you know, it would be fun to find uh, another story that could be adapted into musical. And yeah, agreed. Like it could totally be fictional, but I think the added bonus of having a true story, having it based in, in history is that it, it brings attention to something like that. And, you know, I, I think about, I, I think about how it took the Watchmen for so many people to know about the Tulsa uh, massacre. So you know, like uh, over like a hundred years ago that this happened 
and that so many people didn't know about it until uh, the, the HBO Max series Watchmen. So I I would so that's one thing. Also, like in regards to the the actual Newsies strike, so like I, I was thinking it would make a good Ken Burns style documentary. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was also thinking like it you could do a series. Like I could, I, I mean, I don't, I know it's like same kind of like the same time period, but the uh the people that do Peaky Blinders, I was like, they really they get that they they got that well, so. To see, uh, to see them do, uh, you know, or or anyone really do a series, uh, about, you know, that series would not just be the strike, obviously, but like, you know, what was life like for these kids? You know, I I doubt family life for most of the the newsies that had families was as pleasant as David's. Uh huh. Like, you know, something else to think about. It's 30 years later. What would be 30 years later for them? Great Depression. You get oh, you get uh oh. you get old Jack back in there, Christian Bale doing a uh, a, a Great Depression musical. <laughs> Everyone's he favorite. Like, he loses all this money and and has to go back to selling newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Stranger things have happened. This is true. Oh, speaking. Yeah, you get some kids from Stranger Things. Uh, get some, some Stranger. I mean, they're uh, not kids anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess they've aged out of being able to play Newsies, huh? Yeah. The Stranger I Things. I think so. No Finn Wolfhard. No. Was it Gaden Matarazzo, like, who has a beautiful singing voice? He, yes, he does. I th- yeah. I think they all have decent singing voices they they did some singing on some television appearances oh i've only i've only heard him so i i can't vouch for the rest so all right well that's fun um, Well, that's fun well that's that's yeah yeah i don't know newsies is just it's underwhelming to me and i i guess uh the bonus to having a like a new newsies like a remake made uh would be that you know maybe they could do some of it better because i don't think they're gonna do like a shot by shot remake gus van sant's newsies no and i don't think there should be a remake isn't that what you said no i didn't say a remake i said a continuation of something else going on around that time I thought originally you said like a new newsies and I thought that was one of no, your No, 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 no. I was just saying to to get some of the new fresh talents of today to do another kind of story set in that same era. Gotcha. Okay, that was the same idea. Understood. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. So, right. Dan, tell me, what are we doing on this next episode? All right, the next episode, we are... We're saddling up and riding back to 1969's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, directed by George Roy Hill, starring Paul Newman, Robert Redford, and uh, Catherine Ross. There you go. Ca- <laughs> Catherine, and Catherine and Catherine Ross. Um, yeah. 
featuring arguably the first music video to happen in the middle of a film. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I've actually never seen it. Oh, wow. I'm, and Dan, I'm extra excited now. Question for you. Well, okay, so we've definitely, you know, we've done Three Days of the Condor with uh, with Robert Redford. Uh, you know, as far as Catherine Ross goes, we've done the The Graduate. Have we done anything with Paul Newman? You're thinking. You're thinking. I am. You can smell. You're looking the, into the distance. Burning. Yeah. Have we done anything with Paul Newman? Let's see. I don't think we shot. have. No. No, I don't know if this might be our our first uh, outing with. Which is with amazing. Mr. Paul it, it's amazing that it's taken this long. He's he's a classic. I was think I I almost said HUD, but I don't. I know I just watched. We haven't HUD. done that. I don't think we did a HUD episode. I actually no. haven't seen HUD. Oh, dude, HUD is good. There was I watched that, and then there was another uh, like Paul Cool Newman. Hand Luke, maybe. Cool Hand Luke. I watched that not too long ago. Cool Hand Luke is so good. Uh, we'll have to get to that at some point. Great. But yeah, no, Paul Newman, like, yeah, no, we're 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 just getting started here with, with Paul Newman. But yeah. uh yeah, excited, excited for it for Butch Butch and Sundance. Yeah. I'm i I'm very excited. So yeah, as Dan said earlier, our email address is ruinchildhoodspied at gmail.com. Please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And also all of our other social media stuff at Ruin Childhoods Pod at um at Ruin Childhoods Pod on Instagram. And that's where you find most of our stuff anyway. We're on T Public as well. We got some merch eating merch. And uh, I and if you've and if you've purchased any merch from us, if you've purchased the merch, uh send us a picture. We'd love to see it. Uh perhaps on a perch. Perhaps on a perch. Uh lurching over. In a lurch? I don't know. I got nothing. I, uh, I, well, Dan, as you are riding on horseback to Santa Fe, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. Good journey.